percent of GDP compared to the target of a surplus of 310 million Ghana cities. Overall cash deficits of 10.3 billion, 1.3 percent of GDP against the 2023 half-year budget target of 35.4 billion, 4.4 percent of GDP, and a corresponding primary balance on cash basis of a surplus of 4.8 billion, 0.6 percent of GDP against the 2023 half-year deficit target of 6.9 billion or 0.9 percent of GDP. We are back on track to a positive primary balance. Mr. Speaker, the fiscal balances are driven by total revenue and grants for the first half of 2021 billion, 8.4% below the target of 64.7 billion. Despite the shortfall, the outing shows a nominal year-on-year -year growth of 41.8%. The key driver of revenue deviation is a lower than programmed oil receipts and total expenditure of 68.5 billion, 26.3% below the program expenditure of 92.9 billion. All other expenditure lines were contained within their respective targets for the period except for compensation of employees and expenditure on goods and services. The higher than program compensation of employees outline stems from higher payments or wage and salaries for the implementation of the 30% base pay increase for public sector workers, which was agreed to after the 2023 budget was presented and approved by this August House last year. We needed, Mr. Speaker, to protect our workers. Mr. Speaker, government introduced several revenue measures to support the fiscal consolidation and growth agenda. The policy interventions were specifically targeted at growing the revenue base to yield an estimated 1.35% of GDP. The Ministry of Finance and GRA are working together to ensure the realization of the full yield in the near future through enhanced collection efforts, governance, and EVAT implementation. Mr. Speaker, arising from the DDEP, several structural changes have commenced in the reporting of Ghana's debt data. The debt from the special purpose vehicles in priority was not part of the central government debt has now been included. Furthermore, we'll be including the long-term debt of selected SOEs such as Cocoa Board and contingent liabilities arising from the IPPs, PPAs and financial sector recapitalization. Mr. Speaker, the macroeconomic environment has changed significantly since the 2023 budget was presented to this House in November 2022. Mr. Speaker, although pressure still exists and there are formidable risks in the horizon, our economy is in a better position than it was seven months ago as the macroeconomic environment has seen relative stability since the beginning of the year. This is largely explained by factors including the positive sentiments following the staff level agreement reached in December 2022 and the subsequent approval of the three-year 3 billion IMF ECF program, the eventual passage of all fiscal measures in the 2023 budget by the House, and the completion of the DDEP program, and China's agreement to co-chair the OCC with France. Mr. Speaker, 
I have also discussed the significant improvements in the key macroeconomic indicators, including inflation, exchange rate, interest rates, reserve position, growth rate, and the performance of the banks since 2022. Mr. Speaker, all these developments, together with the need to align with the targets of the IMS-supported PCPEC program, warrant a division to the macroeconomic framework. This was necessary because the framework was guided by the September 2022 data that underpinned the 2023 budget in November 2022. The revisions to the macro fiscal framework general seek to align the 2023 media fiscal review with the IMF ECF supported PCPEC program. Mr. Speaker, key revisions to the macro fiscal target for 2023 year include one, overall real GDP growth rate of 1.5% down from 2.8%. Non-oil revenue GDP growth rate of 1.5% down from 3%, and period headline inflation of 31.3% from 18.9%. Primary balance on commitment basis of a deficit of 0.5% of GDP compared to a surplus of 0.7% of GDP, aligning with IMF-supported primary balances. Gross international reserves sufficient to cover at least 0.8 months of imports of goods and service by 2023. Mr. Speaker, revisions to GDP of projections, the overall real GDP growth for 2023 has been revised to 1.5% from 2.8%. And non-IO real GDP growth has also been revised to 1.5% from 3%. The downward revision in projected growth for 2023 is an indication of a broad slowdown in the three sectors of the economy as a result of factors such as a fiscal consolidation plan and difficult global conditions. Mr. Speaker, overall GDP growth is, however, projected to rebound to 2.8%, 4.7%, and 4.9% in 2024, 25, and 26, respectively. This is a result of implementation of growth-oriented and structural transformation strategies in the PCPEG. We have, however, been charged in the PCPEG to develop an enhanced growth strategy supported by crowding in of private, domestic, and foreign investment to further boost growth. We are confident of a private sector outlook to boost growth and jobs. Mr. Speaker, the 2023 revised fiscal framework is now fully aligned with the IMF program fiscal objectives in terms of primary balance, cash and commitment, revenue curve, and the trajectory of primary expenditures. The drivers of the revisions to 2023 fiscal framework includes I, fiscal developments for January to June 2023, reflecting shortfalls in revenues and lower spending, increase in base pay on single spy salary structure of 30%, compared to the assumed 20% for the 2023 budget, partial restoration of cap transfers to the NHIS and GET Fund, the impact of the completed DDEP on debt service costs, as well as on revenue mobilization, IMF ECF program disbursement for 2023 of 1.2 billion US dollars and reflection of other catalytic financing, including the World Bank's US $530 million DPO of 300 million, an emergency project 
of 230 million and expected disbursement of 103 million from the AFDB. Revision in exchange rates, interest rates, crude oil prices, crude oil volumes, and GDP projections, and the need to align 2023 mid-year review to the approved IMF project-supported PCPEC. These realignments, Mr. Speaker, in the 2023 fiscal framework results in a revised primary balance on commitment basis of a deficit of 0.5% of the revised GDP. This is an adjustment of 3.2% um, from the 3.5% of GDP, lower than the initial target of a surplus of 0.7% of GDP set in the 2023 budget. This aligns with the IMF-supported PCPEC fiscal consolidation plan. Mr. Speaker, at the time of presenting the 2023 budget, Benchmark revenue crude oil prices was $88.5 per barrel, was used to project petroleum revenue for 2023 in line with provisions of the Petroleum Revenue Management Act. As amended, recent global economic developments have led to a decreased demand for crude oil. Therefore, consistent with Section 7 of the Petroleum Revenue Management Act, the average crude, crude oil price as we reside to $74 per barrel, down from the price of $88.55 per barrel using the 2023 budget. Accordingly, the total petroleum receipts have been revised downwards from $1.48 billion US dollars to $1.008 billion, representing a 32% decline. Mr. Speaker, in the 2023 budget, Government outlined a series of measures to mitigate the impact of the severe economic challenges and also to preserve growth. These include the implementation of flagship programs such as One District One Factory, Planting for Food and Jobs, Phase Two, Strategic Anchor Industries, Infrastructure Poverty Education and Program, IPEP, Ghana Cares, Ustart, Agenda 111, among others. Mr. Speaker, within the context of our IMF back PCPEC, these interventions assume greater significance in promoting growth and medium term fiscal consolidation. In addition, as stated earlier, we are pursuing a social project protection agenda to mitigate the impact of adjustment on the vulnerable. Mr. Speaker, in line with government's unwavering commitment to industrialization, the implementation of the flagship one district one factory initiative is on course. As of June 2023, 126 factories were operational nationwide. Over 160,000 direct and indirect jobs have been created, especially for the youth who have been mobilized to establish agro-processing factories in 58 districts. Mr. Speaker, government initiated Agenda 111 to address infrastructure deficits in the health sector and improve healthcare outcomes in the country post-COVID-19. As of May 2023, total payments under the program stood at 189 million US dollars with 83 active projects on site in all 16 regions of the country. Mr. Speaker, planting for foods and jobs has brought substantial improvements in Ghana's agricultural sector. This has resulted in increased food security 
employment along agricultural value chains, and accessibility of raw materials for developing industries. The program has directly contributed to increased crop yields for major food staples such as maize, rice, and soya by 135%, 67%, and 18% respectively within the period. After a comprehensive review, government is finalizing PFG phase two to ensure a more efficient and targeted support for the agriculture sector. The key elements of phase two are impulse credit systems, storage and distribution infrastructure, commodity trading, and digitized platforms. Mr. Speaker, I can also report that efforts towards promoting commercial agriculture, building technological capability, and advancing digitalization under the Ghana CARES program are on track. Last year, I indicated that government is spearheading the economic enclave project to establish growth poles in key locations, including Kasonya, Greater Accra, Kumawu, Ashanti, and Banda in OT regions. The approach under the EEP is to provide agricultural infrastructure and land development support to entrepreneurial youth and the private sector. Mr. Speaker, to enhance production and value addition in the enclaves, the provision of ancillary services such as housing, training, facilities, irrigation, canals, farm roads, and electricity have also commenced. Mr. Speaker, it is gratifying to note that the domestic private sector has responded positively to the provision of these services. About 10 medium and large scale entrepreneurs with experience in the commercial agriculture space have applied to play diverse roles ranging from anchor farmers to machine and equipment services in the EEP site in Kasunya. Mr. Speaker, in partnership with the National Service Team, about 20,000 acres of land in Sechwe Kumawu in the Ashanti region is being developed to accelerate maize, tomato, groundnuts, and animal production. Mr. Speaker, government expects that by end 2023, the DEP will have fully seeded some 7,500 acres of rice onboarded qualified private sector entrepreneurs as anchor farmers embarked on value chain activities such as rice milling and packaging in Kasunya and developed and seeded 1,500 acres of lands in Kumawu and Banda respectively and also engaged private sector partners in these anchors. With these efforts, the Speaker, we expect to gradually drive down the food component of inflation, create jobs for our youth, improve food security, and reduce the volatility of the forest market. Eustah, Mr. Speaker, to equip participants with entrepreneurial skills, investment 